I'm going to do my best not to celebrate too hard on this one, but I think we may finally be seeing the light at the end of the tunnel of the tyrannical reign of Anthony Fauci. And I, for one, am overjoyed. Uh, this guy has been the bane of all of our existence for two years now, much longer, especially if you're in the gay community with how he responded to the AIDS epidemic. Uh, so yeah, this, uh, there's been a ton, just a fire hose of information that's come out for the past week. And I spent about seven hours dissecting and reading through everything. And I decided to do an extremely in-depth deep dive late at night. And I got so riled up. I was like, I got to record this and I got to put it out before anybody else, because I don't think anyone has connected the dots as well as I attempt to in this episode. So I hope you appreciate it. Uh, before we get into the show, I just want to recommend that you guys go and you check out my buddy over at The Dad Presents, episode number 128. He had on Dr. Pierre Corey, and it's one of the best episodes I've heard. Uh, Dr. Pierre Corey is one of the doctors who was brave enough to speak out, and The Dad Presents uh, got his Facebook channel of over 70,000 followers nuked for this video. So, I just wanted to show some support to him and make sure people don't miss that episode because it is the episode that you don't want to miss. Anyways, uh, I will link to him in the description below and make sure you check that out. But beyond that, enjoy this episode. And if you see merit in it, please share it with your middle of the road family members that uh, aren't exactly red pilled, but have started to see the light. I think that this episode will open major eyes as I do my best to be reasonable, but come to the conclusion that seems most probable. Uh, so I hope you enjoy it. Welcome everybody to a special live stream edition of Liberty Lockdown. I have been up all night reading about the Fauci drops and I basically wanted to get this recorded before I went to bed. Um, I've spent about seven hours straight reading now and I have a lot to deliver to you. If you have felt as if there is a fire hose of information over the past uh, week, you're not alone. And I decided that I was going to take on this mission of deciphering everything that has come out over the past week, and it is a lot. And uh, I think I do a pretty good job of encapsulating what we've learned, uh, what we might glean from this information, um, certainly what it might mean in terms of what transpired with the, the COVID epidemic, if you want to call it that. Uh, man, I think, I think Fauci is toast. If uh, basically if half of this information that I'm about to show to you tonight is legitimate, um, <laughs> I don't know how he gets away with it, other than the fact that he's a political tool and they'll probably try and run cover for him. But this stuff is so glaring. Uh, Anyways, I'm going to hop into it because I don't want to waste too much time and I have a hell of a lot to cover. Uh, I may actually have to do this in two parts because it is very significant. The information I've uncovered, or not uncovered, but just basically uh, combined into this kind of report is truly mind-blowing. Uh, so prepare your loins. Let's hop in. Uh, first off, the, the Congress of the United States, so this is the, let's see here. This was the oversight committee for the GOP. They said, we've released never before seen emails showing Dr. Fauci may have concealed information about COVID-19 originating from the Wuhan lab and intentionally downplayed the lab leak theory. 
uh, Comer and Jordan want Fauci under oath. He did a little bit of that today with Rand Paul. And here, I'm just not going to read most of this, but they say, uh, this is Dear Secretary Becerra that they're writing to. They say, we write to request a transcribed interview of Dr. Anthony Fauci, Director, U.S. National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Disease, NIAID. Excerpts of, excerpts of emails we are making public today, seeing closed Appendix 1. Reveal that Dr. Fauci was warned of two things. One, the potential that COVID-19 leaked from the Wuhan Institute of Virology. And two, the possibility that the virus was intentionally genetically manipulated. It is imperative we investigate if this information was conveyed to the rest of the government and whether this information would have changed the U.S. response to the pandemic. Despite Dr. Fauci claiming otherwise on multiple occasions, he has he was in fact aware of the monetary relationship between NIAID, the U.S. National Institute of Health, EcoHealth Alliance, and the Wuhan Institute of Virology by January 27th, 2020. So that, I think he probably knew prior to that, but he certainly knew, and they have evidence of that as of January 27th, which was, if you recall, three months before lockdowns. Dr. Fauci also knew that NIAID worked with EcoHealth to craft a grant policy to sidestep the gain-of-function moratorium at this time. This new policy designed by EcoHealth and agreed to by NIAID allowed EcoHealth to complete dangerous experiments on novel bat coronaviruses with very little oversight that would have otherwise been blocked by the moratorium in January 2020. Dr. Fauci was also aware that EcoHealth was not in compliance with the terms of its grant that funded the, the Wuhan Institute of Virology. EcoHealth was required to submit an annual progress, uh, progress report to NIAID by September 30th, 2019, and had not yet done so. The committee su subsequently learned that EcoHealth failed to submit these reports, presumably to hide a gain-of-function experiment conducted on infectious and potentially lethal novel bat coronaviruses. This is all stuff I knew, like, a long time ago. I just, I'm, I'm having some sort of euphoric anxiety-based meltdown that this is actually being discussed in the the great halls of power from which retribution might be found. So forgive me for being a little bit perhaps overly optimistic, but I think I have reason to be optimistic given that this information is vitally important that it at least be investigated further. I am not going to come to a hard conclusion with 100% certainty, but I think when you see all of the things I'm about to show you, you will be fairly convinced that the conspiracy theory is what they have been trying to tell us and what I have been trying to tell you is in fact, almost certainly, very, very probably what actually transpired. So let's get another one going. This one's interesting. I only wanted to bring up a few things to just kind of like paint an underlying picture of the lack of security when it comes to uh, these bio research facilities. And this one is from BIV.com. They say Canada needs to take Chinese spying seriously in the wake of the espionage, theft, or disease intellectual property from a Canadian food inspection agency case and possibly from Winnipeg in connection with COVID-19, a human rights lawyer says. The lifting of secrecy about the theft of viruses from the Winnipeg lab, which were taken to the Wuhan Institute of Virology in China, would allow for a publicly available study on whether there is any link between that theft and the outbreak of COVID in Wuhan. 
Parliament has ordered disclosure of documents on the Winnipeg lab case involving several Chinese nationals and a possible link to China's military. And on August 10th, Glacier Media revealed that according to RCMP documents obtained through access to information laws, a Chinese agent had targeted a CF CFIA researcher with research on animal brucellosis, a highly contagious disease transmittable to humans going to China. Chinese spying and Chinese theft from a Winnipeg laboratory are a matter of grave concern whether there is any link to the COVID virus or not, Matas said. Even if one can establish beyond a shadow of a doubt that there is no link between, on the one hand, Chinese spying in Canada and Chinese theft from the Winnipeg laboratory, and on the other hand, the COVID virus, we should still be concerned about the spying and theft. Nielsen was arrested in October 2012, headed to Ottawa Airport en route to China. With him were 17 vials of Brucella bacteria packed in a thermos of ice inside a child's lunch bag and carry-on luggage. A 2017 Ontario Court of Justice ruling said, the Brucella bacteria and the disease it causes, brucellosis, can infect people and animals such as sheep, cattle, goats, and pigs. Ontario Superior Court of Justice Heather Perkins McVeigh said in sentencing Nielsen to two years in prison. So this guy that got busted basically selling some sort of lethal virus that is not necessarily in any way related to COVID. I uh, got two years in prison. The story continues to unfold as Chinese courts announced August 10th that they have denied Canadian drug convict Robert Schellenberger's appeal of his death sentence at the same time to this, at the same time, the high profile Huawei senior officer Meng Wazhou extradition hearings are taking place in Vancouver. So this is a really interesting tit for tat, that's happening with what could be, uh, you know, spies on both sides, Canada and China, and they're kind of using each other's uh, different cases to play politics against one another, probably to try and cover their tracks. I, I can't say for certain. Two other Canadians, Michael Spaver and Michael Kovrig, were arrested soon after Meng was detained by Canadian officials. Spaver was charged and convicted by Chinese Court of Espionage and Providing State Secrets. He was sentenced to 11 years in jail August 11th. It's a significant sentence. Beijing has denied the arrests are linked to the Meng case, although many believe them to be retaliatory, which is what I just said. And Meng's lawyer has called the U.S. extradition request a legal kidnapping. So, yeah. Uh, just a, just a starting place to kind of get your feet wet with what path we're going down. It gets a lot crazier and more damning as we go. So prepare yourself for more. So we've got, this is actually from justice.gov. So this is a government document, Department of Justice, U U.S. Attorney's Office, District of Massachusetts, says Harvard University professor convicted of making false statements and tax offenses. Dr. Charles, Charles Lieber found guilty of concealing his affiliation with the Wuhan University of Technology, uh, and his participation in China's Thousand Talents program. The former chair of Harvard University uh, Chemistry and Chemical Biology Department, that's kind of a big deal. That position is significant. So the fact that this guy got popped is whew, big time. Uh, he was convicted by a federal jury today in connection with lying to federal authorities about his affiliation with People's Republic of China Thousand Talents program and the Wuhan Institute or U University of Technology which I don't know how separated. I would imagine uh, the Wuhan lab has some sort of affiliation with the university, but I don't know for sure. Uh, as well as failing to report income he received from WUT, Dr. Charles Lieber, 62, was convicted following a six-day jury trial of two counts of making false statements to federal authorities, two counts of making and subscribing 
uh, a false income tax return and two counts of failing to file reports of foreign bank and financial accounts with the IRS. U.S. Senior District Court Judge Raya W. Zobel will sentence Lieber at a later date that has not yet been scheduled. Lieber was indicted in June 2020 and was sub subsequently charged in a superseding indictment in July 2020. Interesting timing on all that. There is now no question. Oh, excuse me. Uh, he repeatedly lied to his employer, the federal government, and taxpayers to fraudulently maintain access to federal research funds. Those are the types of things that Fauci is in charge of approving. Federal research funds. That's his job. The fact that this guy got popped for taking those funds and doing some dirty shit, which they never give me any details on uh, for China, is interesting. This, there's this like this funnel or this tunnel that runs under the ground between China and many other Western nations when it comes to medical studies. And given what we've experienced over the past two years, I think it's high time we look into that shit and see what exactly is going on. Lieber served as the principal investigator of the Lieber Research Group at Harvard University, which received more than $15 million in federal research grants between 08 and 19. Unbeknownst to his employer, Harvard University, Lieber became a strategic scientist at WUT and later a contractual participant in China's Thousand Talents Plan from at least 2012 through 2015, same time as that Canadian scientist. That's why I wanted to bring these two up at the same time. China's Thousand Talents Plan is one of the most prominent Chinese talent recruitment plans designed to attract, recruit, and cultivate high-level scientific talent in furtherance of China's scientific development, economic prosperity, and national security. Under the terms of Lieber's three-year Thousand Talents contract, WUT paid Lieber a salary of up to $50,000 a month. That's 600 grand a year. Living expenses of up to 150 grand and awarded him more than 1.5 million to establish a research lab at WUT. In, in 18 and 19, Lieber lied to federal authorities about his involvement in the Thousand Talents plan and his affiliation with WUT. Okay, so we have two interesting little factoids. And this all this all starts to make sense as we progress. You'll you'll get it. Hang in there. PrivacyPost.io is a privacy by default virtual mail and business center designed for the location independent expat and international entrepreneur seeking financial freedom. If you're one of my listeners that perhaps heard the episode with Michael Thorup where he talks about how to do that, uh, that probably brought in some people that are already in this position. This is the perfect company and the perfect service for you. Services include virtual mail, a professional business address, privacy trust services, company formation, Portugal D7 residency, and virtual domicile in the privacy-respecting privacy and income tax-free state of South Dakota. This is a perfect package. PrivacyPost.io protects you from third parties, overreaching government agencies, and complicit cloud platforms invading your private, personal, and business information. Privacy is freedom of association, expression, commerce, and mobility. PrivacyPost.io is your partner in freedom. Go to www.privacypost.io for more information. If you're a Liberty Lockdown listener, or if you're an expat in particular, and you're not using them, you're fucking up. Go to www.privacypost.io and sign up today. New document reveals early beliefs that SARS-CoV-2 was engineered and how debate was shut down to protect science. This is a substack uh, from someone named Technofog. Um, obviously, I can't know the validity of this person and take it with a grain of salt, but I think that the information that I highlight 
is stuff that I have seen elsewhere that I think is valid. So uh, hang in there. Since the start of the COVID-19 pandemic, NIAID Director Anthony Fauci and NIH Director Francis Collins have decried the theory that the virus escaped from the Wuhan Institute of Virology as a conspiracy theory. Let me zoom this a little bit for you. Back in March 2020, Collins said claims that COVID-19 was engineered in a lab were outrageous. He pointed to a new study that debunks such claims by providing scientific evidence that this novel coronavirus arose naturally. Notably, one of the study's authors, Christian, or Christian Anderson, had previously informed Fauci that some features of the virus look engineered. You're going to hear that a lot in the Rand Paul showdown. Never to be outdone, in May 2020, Fauci told National Geographic that this virus, quote, could not have been artificially or deliberately manipulated, end quote. Could not. He left no room for doubt. Everything about the stepwise evolution over time strongly indicates that this virus evolved in nature and then jumped species. Today, congressional Republicans released emails revealing scientists and researchers, people who are certainly not conspiracy theorists, informing Fauci and Collins of their beliefs that the virus was man-made. Notes from a February 1st, 2020 conference call were forwarded to Fauci and Collins on February 2nd, 2020. There you go again. That's the timeline. Here are the excer excerpts from the Republican release. He is bothered by the fear in sight. That's a really key thing that is, comes up repeatedly. That's where it actually um, is sliced and has a hard time explaining uh, has a hard time explaining that as an event outside the lab, though there are possible ways in nature, but highly unlikely. So, given above, a likely explanation could be something as simple as passage, SARS-Live COVs in tissue culture or on human cell lines under BSL-2 for an extended period of time, accidentally creating a virus that would be primed for rapid transmission between humans via gain of furin site from tissue culture and adaption to human ACE2 receptor via repeated passage, just describing COVID, essentially. I really can't think of a plausible natural scenario where you get from the bat virus or one very similar to it to NCOV, where you insert exactly four amino acids, 12 nucleotide that all have to be added at the exact same time to gain this function that, and you don't change any other amino acid in S2. I just can't figure out how this gets accomplished in nature. Boom. Big deal. Uh, got... More emails says, but I share your view that a swift convening of experts in a confidence-inspiring framework, WHO seems really the only option is needed, or the voices of conspiracy will quickly, quickly dominate, doing great potential harm to science and international harmony. And that was from Francis Collins to Tony Fauci. That's an email there. Dr. Ron, Ron Fauci uh, remarked, or Foucher remarked that debate on the origins of the virus would be a distraction and cause harm to science, saying, however, further debate about such, such accusations would unnecessarily distract top researchers from their active duties and do unnecessary harm to science in general and science in China in particular. Why they would be concerned with that in particular is interesting because these people have been working with them for a long time. And if that's not a conflict of interest <clears throat> when you're using American taxpayer money, I don't know what is. Continuing on, and then in April 2020, we see Collins again asking government officials at NIH to, quote, put down the, quote, very destructive conspiracy that the virus was engineered. She says, wondering if there is something NIH can do to help put down this very destructive conspiracy with what seems to be growing momentum. Then she links this article from Mediate. Uh, Brett Baer, I guess, wrote something. 
I'd have to click the link. I don't want to do that because I don't know if it'll take me off this. She says, I hope the Nature Medicine article on the genomic sequence of SARS-CoV-2 would settle this. Anything more we can do? It's not how scientists talk. I don't understand. I mean, it's how political actors talk. Clear as day. Fauci was less worried, commenting that this was a shiny object that will go away in times. Perhaps he was confident in the pressure the U.S. government was putting on social media companies to shut down the man-made origins debate. This is the writer's commentary, not mine, but I completely agree. Um, I think that that's that that is exactly why he consistently and uh, along with other leftist politicians talked about uh, increasing censorship. And I think that's why this has been a trend for the government, because the empire is falling and they can no longer keep their ops, their lies running without uh, censoring us. And that's kind of how it works nowadays. Then we got a very lengthy, real clear investigations piece. It says says, uh, the title of it, if you want to look it up, is Did Dismissals of Safe Outpatient Drugs Cause Needless COVID Deaths? Dissenting Doctors Say Yes. So this is all, all painting a picture. It wasn't until April 2021 that the National Institute of Health announced it would fund a large critical trial to study repurposed drugs, including some of those favored by several of the doctors RCI interviewed. Uh making sure I didn't skip anything. Yeah, I didn't. Okay. Uh, a trial that did not commence until June and is not estimated to be fully completed until March 2023, three years after the initial widely repeated public health goal of two weeks to flatten the curve of infection. So essentially any prior treatment, they didn't allow for any uh, clinical trials until April 2021, one full year into lockdown or AKA two weeks to flatten the curve that is now 666, oops, days in. Continuing on. Uh, when COVID first emerged, Dr. Eli Schwartz, Israel's preeminent specialist in tropical diseases, sus suspected that IVM might help. I'll let you figure out what that acronym is. I don't wanna get nuked. So he conducted a double-blind randomized, randomized control study to test this hypothesis. It showed conclusively that a three-day course of IVM both reduced viral load with COVID patients and the viability of the remaining virus, suggesting an ability to severely limit transmissibility. This finding appears significant because, because it suggests the medicine might fill a gap left by vaccines, which provide pr protection, but do not prevent transmission. Despite the possible significance of the study, Dr. Schwartz said major journal journals have not only declined to publish it, but some have even declined to review it. After publishing some 300 peer-reviewed papers in his career, he said he finds this strange. I think it's strange too, bud. He says, quote, look, I thought that you that to have a double-blind randomized study, especially with our findings on cultural uh, culture viability, I submitted it to the New, New England Journal of Medicine and they turned it down. Then the Lancet, they turned it down in a matter of hours, sent to the Journal of Clinical Infectious Disease, and again in a few hours, they said it's not for us. It's strange, let's say. To be sent back within a few hours, it means they don't want to look at it, end quote. No shit, Doc. You got to love the almost adorable childlike naivety of, of some of these doctors. I mean, I, I just don't understand why they, they didn't become completely radicalized advocates. If you are a doctor and you're treating your patient with something that is not being pushed at the highest level by the federal level governments across the planet, and you find that you're saving your patients at a much better clip than anybody else out there that's listening to say Dr. Fauci. Why would you not become completely out of your mind? Why wouldn't you? Your job, 
the oath you take is to do no harm and to save lives. Why was this so rare? Why do we have so few doctors that came out? I mean, granted, yes, they weren't given big platforms and their careers were damaged. I understand the risk that they were taking, but my God, I can't believe there was so few. So big ups to the Israeli doctor for talking out or speaking out. <clears throat> Dr. Miguel Sierra Hoffman, Associate Professor of Infectious Disease at Baylor Scott and White Hospital and of Pulmonary Medicine at Texas A&M University, who has overseen the care of thousands of COVID patients at multiple hospitals, remains convinced, quote, we could have prevented this tragedy for $1. Dexamethasone, $0.05, cents. Ivermectin, $0.01, cent. Colchicine, Col 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 $0.50, Aspirin, 100 pills for 4 bucks. He said, if we had given people aspirin, ivermectin, colchicine, and if they get complicated, a little dexamethasone, we could have saved the world with $1. I think that may be overstating a little bit, but <clears throat> I like where his heart's at. Uh, for his part, Senator Johnson blames public health authorities for orchestrating a broader campaign against early treatment with repurposed drugs, rather than seriously consider evidence showing the potential of early treatment, including IVM. Uh, your agencies prefer to mischaracterize, conflate, and misconstrue anything that goes against the mainstream narrative and the financial interests of the pharmaceutical industry, he wrote in his October 2021 letter. Uh, so yeah, there you have it. Uh, I'm just basically laying up all the dominoes to just run Fauci over with them, metaphorically. Uh, but the fact that we have gain-of-function research that's covered up, all early treatments covered up, and... The only solution that's offered is global mass vaccination efforts across the entire planet. We have treatments that actually assist. We have a V that doesn't, doesn't appear to, especially with the latest variants. So if you don't start to get a little bit concerned about what the fuck is actually happening, you're simply not paying attention. Think. Think about what's happening here, please. This is Steve Kirsch's newsletter. It's also another Substack. You can only get decent reporting from Substack at this point, it seems, on this topic. It says, this is huge. Something is killing healthy people at an unprecedented rate. It isn't COVID. Could it be the safe and effective COVID-V? I think so. Here's why. This is his opinion, not mine. Uh, I think he overstates things a lot, actually. But regardless, the fact that there, you have an insurance company that's stating that you have deaths of not the elderly uh, at such an increased rate year over year is fascinating. Key points, deaths among 18 to 64 year olds who don't normally die are up by 40% in 2021 versus pre-pandemic levels. This is huge, huge. They've never seen anything like this before in their history. Normally death rates don't change at all. The event that happened is not a statistical fluke. Something caused a very big change. It isn't COVID, COVID deaths are down this year. These deaths started only after the vaccine rolled out what key, uh, what's key is that we're seeing effects in young people, which is obviously not what we saw with COVID. It says they are dying from a variety of causes, not just a single cause. So this rules out food or airborne, uh, air-based pathogens. I don't agree with that assessment, but whatever. It has to affect massive numbers of people to get an effect size that high. So there's something new affecting at least half the population. I would agree with that. It isn't just the one life insurance company. They are all seeing this huge rise as other insurance uh, in at other insurance companies. So this is something huge and national in scope. The company is seeing an uptick in disability claims, saying at first it was short-term disability claims, and now the increase is in long-term disability claims. So whatever it is, killing people and those that aren't killed are disabled from it. 
Interesting. Uh, here's the death rate by age from the CDC below. See how stable it is from year to year. And you guys probably can't see the chart closely enough, but just take my word for it. Year to year, uh, this is 18 and 19. Every age bracket has essentially the same death rate, like within, I mean, <laughs> basically within the margin of error. Like they're they're almost identical year over year. So the fact that it would increase 40% in the, the following year, that's that's worth noting. That means roughly 187,000 excess deaths are probably happening for ages 18 to 64 due to some new cause. So he does a whole bunch of math, which I'm not going to bore, bore you with, but that's his estimate as to how many excess deaths are happening this year versus last. I think that that is, if true, uh, wow. I mean, if that comes out and it, that actually ends up being the case, I think you're going to have you know real revolt in this country, just being honest. Um, not endorsing it, just saying, I, I don't know how they get away with this. If, if this turns out to be the case, uh, I would say one other thing, even though this guy constantly blames the V, I personally think that there's a real reasonable chance that you're going to have excess death because people's immune systems have been crushed by trying to stay home for basically two years straight. That on top of drug addiction, which obviously takes time to take root, uh, depression, which takes time to take root to get you to that level of, of, you know, either suicide or, or drug overdose, things of that nature. Uh, this could all be the knock on effects, which I talked about literally in my big mega thread May 2020, when I was screaming uh, from high heaven that we had to stop these lockdowns and otherwise we would see this stuff. So I'm not as convinced as him that all of these excess deaths are coming from the V, but that's his thesis. Take it for what it's worth. He then links uh, or takes an excerpt from Robert Malone's article, which is also on Substack. And he says, what if the largest experiment on human beings in history is a failure? These are all within the past week, by the way. It is starting to look to me like the largest experiment on human beings in recorded history has failed. And if this rather dry report from a senior Indiana life insurance executive holds true, then Rainer Fulmick's crime against humanity push for convening new Nuremberg trials starts to look a lot less quixotic and a lot more prophetic. Preach! <clears throat> Give me it. At a minimum, based on my reading, one has to conclude that if this report holds and is confirmed by others in the dry world of life insurance actuaries, we have both a huge human tragedy and a profound public policy failure of the U.S. government and U.S. HHS uh, system to serve and protect the citizens that pay for this service. If this holds true, then the genetic vaccines so aggressively promoted have failed, and the clear federal campaign to prevent early treatment with life-saving drugs has contributed to a massive avoidable loss of life. Remember when they... The whole push was, if it saves one life, yeah. They did the opposite. I think I'm pretty safe to say that they did the exact opposite of that. So my question to you is, how many of them do we have to imprison if it saves just one life? I'd say all of them. Then he goes on to say, this is not an isolated incident. This is back to the article uh, or substack by Steve Kirsch. Uh, he says, in Phoenix, the death rate of city employees, 14,000 employees in 2021, doubled from the 10-year average. That's not a 40% increase. That's a 100% increase. There's clearly something going on that is not unique to Indiana. Excess mortality figures in Europe and the UK seem to show younger people are dying faster than the elderly and that people 0 to 14 are dying faster in the second half of 2021 as compared to the first half of last year. That's interesting. I mean... As I've said, this is all very early, 
So I'm not going to say with any certitude that that was accurate, but man, you start, you start to go down these rabbit holes and you go, I don't know. I really don't know what the hell is happening. I don't, uh, but I'm going to keep connecting some dots for you guys. So hang in there. We'll figure it out eventually. Bear with me. I'm not, I'm not bringing this up to be mean because I love this guy as a kid in the other nineties. Uh, I loved Bob Saget as much as anybody. He was like everybody's dad in the nineties, like him and Bill Cosby. One of them didn't work out so hot. Um, but, <laughs> uh, so we got, I just got my booster. I don't know what's that worth. Cause the new variant comes out every 10 minutes, but what the hell I'm going to go make people laugh. Bob Saget on 12, 13, 21. Touring the whole country, trying to make people laugh. And so I just got my booster. So I'm, I'm going to keep, uh, I don't know what that's worth. Cause a new variant comes out every 10 minutes, but what the hell? I'm going to go make people laugh. So you, you come see me, Jimmy, when you're, when you're not all, uh, you know, contagion and dangerous, you, well, you come backstage, we'll take a, a picture from about 25 feet apart. Cause it sounds like you get it. Every, you get it every three weeks. Right. I'm getting it every quarter at this point. Man, I can't <laughs> wait to see it. This will be awesome. It'll be um, great. No, no. If, if bat suddenly became a delicacy, it had this not happened, it could have really had a, a shelf life. It could have been like the octopus or the squid. And uh, nope, they they had to go and screw it up. So yeah, they got careful. So. Well, be careful out there and uh, do whatever I you got to do to be safe. And uh, I'm not even gonna preach. I try not to preach. You know about. I got my booster shot. I'm 65, so I got it yesterday, uh, day before, and uh, I, I, I was hurting. I had it. <clears throat> I've been telling people I got it in my ass, but I got it. I had it right below my balls because I wanted them to get bigger. So, yeah. <laughs> I think it's that's a real booster. It raises you yeah. an, an inch off your chair. So that's how it's that's what it's meant to do. I think I'll do it that way. Do that it that like way. And tell tell the yeah. pharmacist that Bob told you to do that. <laughs> well then, uh, so that was December twelfth. It is or yeah. It was December 11th. Today's the 12th early morning. And yeah, a month later. Now, you may be thinking, Clint, you, we don't even know his cause of death yet. How could you make any sort of corollary there? I can't. I can't say definitively that that's what happened. However, we have early reporting from TMZ, which I will pull up. Well, it may take weeks to officially pinpoint, excuse me, this was from Mercury News, but they quote TMZ in the article. While it may take weeks to officially pinpoint a cause of death for Bob Saget, law enforcement sees signs pointing to a sudden medical emergency, such as a heart attack or stroke. Myocarditis. TMZ is reporting. Uh, they're making this assumption based on the way the Full House star's body was found in his Florida hotel room, along with no evidence suggesting drug use or foul play. Saget 65 was found lying face up on his bed in his room at the Ritz-Carlton in Orlando, police sources told TMZ. He had his left arm across his chest and his right arm laying beside him with the hand on his chest suggesting the possibility of a heart attack. Now, as they say, we won't know for a couple months what actually was the deal here, but I'm sorry, like I'm going to I'm going to ask questions and say maybe, especially if this excess mortality stuff ends up being legitimate and a national thing, uh, we've already, if you've been listening to Dr. Malone or any of these other people, it's pretty evident that during the, the, the month after your 
booster is when you're at it, it appears to be when you're at the most risk except for any much longer term but you don't have any immunity during that period or it doesn't seem that you have increased immunity in fact it appears that there's negative e efficacy in the first few weeks post boost this is all mind-blowing and i don't bring it up to dissuade anyone from going and doing whatever they want with themselves health-wise i literally don't care what you do however if you've been told by fauci and all these other you know career scientists bureaucrats that there's only one way out of this and it's for us all to put this in our body and it turns out that this thing is actually making people's hearts explode i think that's newsworthy especially icons legends lovable danny tanner i think that was his name um rest in peace bob i don't know if that's the case he was 65 could have been a heart attack naturally uh of course uh, so i'm not trying to jump to conclusions here i just thought that given that he passed away this past weekend uh it was worth noting especially given the cause of death now it gets let's keep going gets darker and darker and darker and darker excuse my smile but i'm just so happy to finally have some confirmation of the stuff i've been talking about for years <laughs> all right this one's quite interesting this is peter dazak he's the president of eco health alliance a grantee of fauci's nih and which co collaborated with wuhan institute of virology so we sequenced the spike protein the protein that attaches to cells then we well i didn't do this work my colleagues in china did the work that's a synopsis from james holderman thank you for the tweet sir then, you, then when you get a sequence of a virus and it looks like a relative of a known nasty pathogen, just like we did with SARS, we found other coronaviruses in bats, a whole host of them. Some of them looked very similar to SARS. So we sequenced the spike protein, the protein that attaches to cells. Then we, well, I didn't do this work, but my colleagues in China did the work. You create pseudoparticles, you, look, you insert the spike proteins from those viruses sifted bind to human cells. And each step of this, you move closer and closer to this virus could really become pathogenic in people. <laughs> then you, then when you get a sequence of a virus. Let's listen to it one more time. It looks like a relative of a known nasty pathogen, just like we did with SARS. We found other coronaviruses in bats, a whole host of them. Some of them looked very similar to SARS. So we sequenced the spike protein the protein that attaches to cells then we well i didn't do this work but my colleagues in china did the work you create pseudoparticles you look you insert the spike proteins from those viruses sifted bind to human cells and each step of this you move closer and closer to this virus could really become pathogenic in people okay peter zazek oh, i gotta stop the audio peter Dazek is basically acknowledging the work that he was doing with the funding that Fauci gave him. He's acknowledging it. I, I don't think that makes me a conspiracy theorist to say what this guy is describing is exactly what Project Veritas, uh, the whistleblower, basically discusses, which is what I'm going to cover with you next. So from the horse's mouth, as it were, he is 
prior to you know any sort of real concern over where this thing came from, he was willing to talk about exactly what they were doing. And this tells me that they probably did not have super nefarious intent. At least Dazic didn't. Who knows about other people's motivations here. But the fact that he's willing to talk about that in a public setting, recorded like that, tells me he probably thought he was doing a good thing. And I think they basically just did a study um, that was more dangerous than maybe they were aware or they were reckless. But I think that the fact that he was honest about it gives me some hope that this wasn't intentional. Now, the cover-up, I think, is intentional. So it's a whole different story. And I'm only speaking for Dazic here. Fauci, DARPA, all these other people, they could have totally different motives. So let's not get too uh, sidetracked. Before we get to Rand Paul's takedown of Fauci, let's cover the... Uh, the Project Veritas document, because I read the whole thing and it is a banger. If this thing is legitimate, it is like, I don't know if it's a smoking gun, but it's about as close as it gets. This thing is nuclear. It is radiating. We got Joseph Murphy, private major USMC. So he's a military guy, uh, or Marine rather, uh, at DARPA. And he is writing this... It doesn't say, it says from, but not to. So I guess he just says to Captain XXX. It says, thanks for responding. I'm reaching out to communicate some information relative to COVID that I don't believe uh, blank or your director is aware of. You probably saw earlier this week that more official documents linking NIH and EcoHealth Alliance to the Wuhan Institute of Virology were published by The Intercept. I came across additional uh, incriminating documents and produced an analysis shortly after leaving DARPA last month. This report was rooted to the DOD IG office. That's the inspector general for the Department of Defense. I'm unsure whether the significance of what I communicated is understood by those that received the report. Decisions with regards to the vaccines do not appear to be informed by analysis of the documents. The main points being that SARS-CoV-2 matches the SARS vaccine variants the NIH EcoHealth program was making in Wuhan. Now that is a complete curveball, something I had never considered, that in fact, perhaps these, the virus itself was an attempt at making a vaccine. I, this, this one, I get chills reading it again, because if that's the case, one, wow, two, it would make sense why it'd be so difficult to vaccinate against a vaccinated problem. Uh, so yeah, he gets into more details that the DOD rejected the program proposal because vaccines would be ineffective and because the spike proteins being inserted into the variants were deemed too dangerous, gain of function, and that the DOD now mandates vaccines that copy the spike protein previously deemed too dangerous. To me and to those who informed my analysis, this situation meets no-go or abort criteria with regards to the vaccines until the toxicity of the spike protein can be investigated. There's also information within the documents about which drugs effectively treat the program's SARS-CoV. Thus, why I'm reaching out. I'm trying to help aid leadership grapple with the vaccines and the mandate, which with as much information as is available, I wanted to push this information your way. So allegedly, this guy's a whistleblower and he feels that he's doing his country a service, I guess. And 
uh, it's too early to say. I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna like stake my entire claim on this, but he, he makes fascinating claims, and he appears to have documents that prove at least some of it. <coughs> and this is all new information to me. Like not all of it, but it, it's a totally different spin on what my thesis was as to what transpired. So just showing that I have, uh, you know, brain pliability. I am willing to come off of my prior thesis as to what transpired and consider this with an open mind. Project Veritas has been pretty good with vetting information, especially recently. So I'm going to take it seriously for now. It says to the IG, subject SARS-CoV-2 origins investigation with US government program, undisclosed document analysis. So he's found an undisclosed document. He says, uh, SARS-CoV-2 is an American-created recombinant ba vaccine, or its precursor virus. It was created by an EcoHealth Alliance program at the Wuhan Institute of Virology, as suggested by the reporting surrounding the lab leak hypothesis. Whoa. The details of this program have been concealed since the pandemic began. That's definitely true, if this is true. These details can be found in the EcoHealth Alliance proposal response to the DARPA preempt program broad agency announcement dated March 2018. I mean, you couldn't get better timing on this thing because we see it late 2019, maybe summer 2019 is when you have the first cases. Uh, it makes a hell of a lot of sense if this is when they dated this, this program. And he says, uh, data March 2018, a document not publicly disclosed. The contents of the proposed program are extremely detailed. Peter Daszak lays out step-by-step step what the organization intends to do by phase and by location. See, the reason I page, played you the Daszak clip prior is I wanted you to hear him talk about what he was doing because the fact that this correlates with that is, I think it's a, it's good evidence of potential confirmation of the, the nature of the people involved, that Peter Daszak was fully aware of what he was doing. He was willing to talk about it. And the fact that this guy now says that he laid out step-by-step step what the organization intends to do by phase and by location uh, makes a lot of sense. Continuing on, the primary scientists involved, their roles and their institutions are indicated. The funding plan for the Wuhan Institute of Virology work is its own document. The reasons why non-pharmaceutical interventions like mass and medical countermeasures like the mRNA vaccines do not work well can be extrapolated from the details. The reasons why the early treatment protocols work as curatives are apparent. SARS-CoV-2's form as it emerged is likely as a precursor, deliberately virulent, humanized recombinant SARS-CoV that was to be reverse engineered into a live attenuated SARS-CoV bat vaccine. <laughs> I mean, that's so crazy if that's what they were doing. Its nature can be de determined from analysis of its genome with the context provided by the EcoHealth Alliance proposal. Joining this analysis with U.S. intelligence collections on Wuhan will aid this determination. <clears throat> I just ca I can't even tell you how big of a deal this is if this is true. Every single thing you have ever experienced in terms of government malfeasance and conspiracy, like... This they all just round it all up, roll it into a big ball and smoke it because this is way bigger than all of it. All of it together, 100x. When synthesized with the EcoHealth Alliance proposal, US collections confirm EcoHealth Alliance was performing the work proposed. 
So he's just saying that they were doing what the proposal said. As a fellow at DARPA, I could see both and could do the synthesis. For instance, uh, <clears throat> WIV personnel identified and intelligence reports are named in the proposal. These people are uh, use the lexicon of the proposal in the collections. That's He's looking for confirmation as to whether or not this plan was actually implemented. So I appreciate this line of thinking. It says the virus variants proposed for experimentation are identical to those gleaned by collections. Okay. Corroborates that the program detailed in the BAA response was conducted until it was shut down in April 2020. Right after Fauci was informed that perhaps NIH had funded this thing. And then two months later, because if you remember from early on, it was February 2020, I believe, where he first got warned that this could have happened. And then April 2020, this program shut down. Interesting. The purpose of the EcoHealth program called Diffuse. Love it. Love that that's the name of it. Uh, was to inoculate bats in the Yuna, uh, Hunan, China caves. They were gonna, it, oh, it's so crazy if this is true, guys. It's so crazy if this is true. Because we were told that this was a bat-borne virus. Well, we were told originally that it came from a, uh, a wet market, right? But in fact, potentially, it was a bat virus, but it was them trying to stop the bat virus. I, I mean, I don't think people understand the gravity of this. I, I just really, I'm going to drive it home as, after we get done reading this, but <clears throat> it's unbelievable. Doing this would prevent another SARS-CoV pandemic. So essentially what they were doing is trying to vaccinate the, the bats themselves. Uh, continuing on, but being defense related, it makes sense that EcoHealth submitted the proposal first to the DOD before it settled with NIH, NIAID, NIAID. The BAA response is dated March 2018 and was submitted by Peter Daszak, president of EcoHealth Alliance. DARPA rejected the proposal because the work was too close to violating the gain-of-function moratorium. This, I mean, I know I know a lot of people think that this is like a honeypot and this is all too good to be true and it connects too many dots too perfectly. You're right. You're right. It does. Because it would mean that we were basically right about everything. The only difference being that they weren't creating a a pandemic as much as they were trying to prevent the next one in it and they messed up. I mean, that's, that's what this, that's what this sounds like. So maybe it's not too perfect. Uh, maybe it's exactly right. Who knows, but let's keep going. <clears throat> the work took place at the Wuhan Institute of Virology and at several sites in the U S key key there, which is probably why they don't want us fucking knowing the truth about this because it is, it involves our greatest foe in China quote unquote, as well as our own scientific community in America. Continuing on, the files completely unmarked with classification or distribution data were placed in this folder in July 2021, which conspicuously aligns with media reporting, my probing, and Senator Paul's inquiry into NIH, NIAID gain-of-function programs. So as soon as the heat got turned up, boom, the program shuts down and uh, these files get moved. Uh, the unmarked nature combined with the timing signals that the documents were being hidden. No files at DARPA go unmarked in classification. Furthermore, preempt is an unclassified program. Files are also now 
held by Marine Corps intelligence activity. So it's going up the chain of command here. SARS-CoV, uh, Wuhan Institute of Virology, uh, which I love I love that he just like adds that. It's no longer just SARS-CoV, uh, it's SARS-CoV with. <laughs> it's a synthetic spike protein chimera or chimera engineered to attach to human ACE2 receptors and inserted into a recombinant bat SARS-CoV backbone. Exactly what we've all assumed that it was man-made on accident. It was aerosolized so it could efficiently infect bats in caves, which makes perfect sense because you're not going to be able to inject millions of bats or how tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of bats or whatever it would require to actually make sure that you get this virus put down. So yeah, you're going to have to aerosolize it. Oops. The initial escape was in August 2019. Timing sounds right. The proposal notes that interferon, remdesivir, and chloroquine phosphate inhibit SARS-CoV viral rep replication. Very, very interesting, if if true. Uh, SARS-CoV-WIV's uh, illness is readily resolved with early treatment that inhibits the viral replication that spreads the spike proteins around the body, which induce a harmful uh, overactive immune response as the body tries to clear the spikes from the ACE2 receptors. This all makes sense. I mean, this is, again, you could say it's too perfect, but... This is what many of the doctors that have been speaking out have been saying. So I'm going to assume that this is accurate, at least that portion. IVM identified as curative in April 2020. HCQ identified as April 2020 as curative is identified in the proposal as a SARS-CoV inhibitor, as is interferon identified May 2020 as curative. So basically they're saying they knew early on what was a curative, uh, you know, instead of just going for the vaccine, you could have cured this thing the other way. The gene, and or not cured it, but uh, basically kept fatalities from happening so rapidly. Gene-encoded or mRNA vaccines work poorly because they are synthetic replications of the already synthetic SARS-CoV with spike proteins and possess no other epitopes. Uh, that, I mean, if that's the case, this is just, this is so fucking messed up. This is so messed up if this is what happened. I <laughs> like, you just have to abolish the government. You have to. If this is all true, you you have to abolish everything. There's no reforming it. There's no fixing it. Abolish it. The nature of using a spike protein vaccine with one epitope uh, may explain the unusual and potentially detrimental antibody response amongst the vaccinated to the new COVID variants. Antibody-dependent enhancement from vaccines should be evaluated with high priority. Yeah, I'd say it should be. I've been saying that. Vaccinating humans against it actually gains its function back towards a more deattenuated human susceptible form. Wow. So essentially he's saying that it makes it worse. If you take the V, it makes it worse. Which kind of makes sense because Omicron appears to be hitting the V. V'd up folks particularly hard. And us unveed folks, not so bad. <clears throat> Says... Uh, Dr. James Gimbert, DARPA program manager, states team's approach does potentially involve gain of function DERK research. They aim to synthesize spike glycoproteins that may bind to human cell receptors and insert them into SARS CoV backbones to assess capacity to cause SARS like disease. Again, just saying what, what the, uh, the science was attempting to do. Proposer, and then he includes the project summary sheet. If this is true, good Lord. Proposer, uh, EcoHealth Alliance, proposal title, Project Defuse, 
diffusing the threat of bat-borne coronaviruses. Is there anything any more poetic than a government's attempt to stop a threat of a bat-borne coronavirus and they create and unleash it on the entire fucking planet? Is that not art? <laughs> really sick way. And their, their request was $14 million, which you've heard that number, uh, I believe, from Rand Paul's inquiry against Fauci. And then 1.1 million in... Uh, let's go back to this. 1.1 million in uh, employee costs, I believe it was. So you don't need all those details. I just think that this is this is all adding up to be... Like I said... Even if that whistleblower is wrong, just the other things that I've listed prior, I think could be enough to sink Fauci. If that whistleblower is correct, game over. It's game over. There's no, there's no way anyone survives this. I don't, I don't believe that that the people that are awake already and those that are waking up now as they've been double double jab boosted, all these fucking lunatics that are now getting Omicron. How do, how do they possibly ignore this? How could they? I mean, I've been amazed in the past. Perhaps people could still sleep through this, but I'm telling you, if that, if that is verifiable, if they can actually verify that you have a smoking gun, game over Fauci, game over everyone involved, game over CEOs of, oh, Dazak, my God. War crimes. Every, I mean, Fauci's a traitor. Like if this, if this is true, wink, he's a traitor. And there's a single punishment <laughs> that I can think of. Uh, you know, I've said anybody involved, top to bottom, top to bottom. That includes Trump, by the way. Now, personally, I think Trump was ignorant. I don't think he was in on this, but I think that he ran cover for it because he's an idiot. And as far as I'm concerned, your job as commander in chief to defend and uphold the constitution, he also committed treason by locking us all in our houses or allowing them to. Uh, he didn't defend the constitution. He didn't defend my liberty. So Biden, I mean, he's a puppet, who cares? He'll be gone in a minute anyways, but all these people, top to bottom, Dazic, Fauci, Everyone that pushed this stuff, everyone that, that supported lockdowns, everyone, big tech, big tech that censored us as we tried to discuss this, censored us relentlessly. I'll probably be censored for this. Those people are guilty of crimes against humanity. I don't even think I'm overstating it. Like, I feel like I'm, I'm saying that in a very calm, rational tone because I believe it to my core. Crimes against humanity have been, I mean, this, it's just, it's so, it's so far reaching. It's so widespread media, anybody that suppressed this truth, anybody, whether they did it because they didn't want to increase vaccine hesitancy. I don't care. I don't care why you did it. You help suppress the truth. And if it turns out that this is accurate and that you did that, there is no, there is no punishment harsh enough. There's not, there is not a spot in hell hot enough to deal with the people that did this to us. If this is accurate, I'll give that preface or postscript.
I'm going to do a part two on totally different topics, which are all equally crazy. Well, not equally crazy, but close. Uh, I'll do that probably tomorrow. But man, this is so, this is so good. Last but not least, tonight's episode is brought to you by our friends over at the Daily Job Hunt. Go to crash.co to sign up for the Daily Job Hunt newsletter. It is once daily email newsletter that hits your inbox every morning, gives you some information, makes you a better job applicant so you can get that job of your dreams to become an entrepreneur if you'd prefer, to inspire you on a path of self-development and career growth that perhaps you have been putting off for too long. These guys are an amazing company, a free service. The founder, Isaac Morehouse, was just on Tucker Carlson last week. He's one of my friends and a great guy. And their email newsletters, I've been receiving them for about a year now. Read most of them. They're quick reads, brilliant, super insightful, concise information on how to get you on the path to financial freedom, which is really what I'm all about. Go to crash.co and sign up for the Daily Job Hunt today. It's free. You can cancel anytime. No pressure. Again, go to crash.co. Rand Paul just ended Fauci on live TV. I don't know about that, Benny, but good job on you, Rand. I do appreciate your service, sir. Here we go. Dr. Fauci, the idea that a government official like yourself would claim unilaterally, unilaterally to represent science, and that any criticism of you would be considered a criticism of science <clears throat> itself, is quite dangerous. Central planning, whether it be of the economy or of science, is risky because of the fallibility of the planner. It would not be so catastrophic if the planner were simply one physician in Peoria, then the mistakes would only affect that physician's patients, the people who chose that physician. But when the planner is a government official, like yourself, who rules by mandate, the errors are compounded and become much more harmful. A planner who believes he is the science leads to an arrogance that justifies, in his mind, using government resources to smear and to destroy the reputations of other scientists who disagree with them. In an email exchange with Dr. Collins, you conspire, and I quote here directly from the email, to create a quick and devastating published takedown of three prominent epidemiologists from Harvard, Oxford, and Stanford. Apparently there's a lot of fringe epidemiologists at Harvard, Oxford, and Stanford. And you quote in the email that they were from Dr. Collins, and you, you agree, that they are fringe. And immediately there's this takedown effort. That's Bhattacharya. That's the Great Barrington Declaration. Those are the guys that wrote it. So Rand obviously has their back. Published takedown, though, you know, doesn't exactly conjure up the image of a dispassionate scientist. Instead of engaging them on the merits, you and Dr. Collins sought to smear them as fringe and take them down. And not in journals, in lay press. This is not only antithetical to the scientific method, it's the epitome of cheap politics, and it's reprehensible, Dr. Fauci. Bingo. That's what I've been saying all along. This guy is not a scientist. He is a political actor through and through. The fact that he's even re re referred to as a doctor is a disservice to doctors across the globe, and doctors, more than anyone, should be upset about it. They should be the ones trying to strip this son of a bitch of his title, because for him to get on stage every day and, and be referred to as a doctor, when he acted completely politically throughout all of this, even if the Veritas report is bullshit, he still suppressed early treatment and cost God knows how many lives. He is not a doctor. He should be stripped of that title immediately. 
Do you really think it's appropriate to use your $420,000 salary to attack scientists that disagree with you? Gotta love that this scumbag takes his mask off. Like, why would you sit there with it on? If you're gonna get, take it off to talk when you actually might have spit coming out of your mouth, leave it on. It's it's performative garbage. But I do like the fact that he has lines on his face because it makes me feel like he was in pain. The, the email you're referring to was an email of Dr. Collins to me. If you look at the email that you responded to and hurried up and said, I can do it, I can do it. We got something in Wired no, Magazine. No, no, I think in you usual did. fashion, Senator, you are distorting everything about me. Did you First ever object all, to Dr. Collins's characterization of them as friends? Did you write back to Dr. Collins and say, no, they're not friends, they're esteemed scientists, and it would be beneath I, me I did to not do that? You responded to him that you would do it, and you immediately got an article yeah, in you, Wired, you, and you sent it back to him and said, hey, look, I've got them. I nailed them in Wired of all scientific publications. That's not publications. what went on. You there did. you go again. That you was just do the same thing every year. That was your response. And so, this, wasn't, so, this wasn't the only time. So your desire to take you're down people incorrect as usual. The fact that he's going to call him incorrect and paint Rand as the political actor in this moment is stunning. We have the emails. I just showed you them. It demonstrates definitively that what Rand is talking about is correct. I want to be very fucking clear on that. What he is accusing him of is accurate. He is not going as far as Project Veritas. He is simply saying that Fauci emailed with the other people in his medical, political apparatus to suppress these very highly esteemed, highly credentialed doctors who were saying that what we were doing was insane. Senator, you no. are incorrect. Almost everything you well, said. Well, no, you deny. You deny. Right. But the emails tell the truth of this. No. This was exactly. The emails tell the truth of it. And Fauci's response is no. That's all he has. That's all he has as a defense is to say, no, we have the evidence. And still this motherfucker sits there and lies through his teeth to Congress. I, I don't understand it. How is he not having charges brought up immediately just for the lies to Congress, which is criminal? Not to mention everything else that he's lied about. Not to mention that he ruined society. That he, he set American against American based off of medical treatment. It's so evil. I can't even give it enough gravity what he's done to us. It's that evil. It's so profound. It's, I, I honestly believe that when we win, Dr. Fauci's name will go down in history right alongside Dr. Mangala in the history books. I truly believe it. Wasn't the only time your desire to take down those who disagree with you didn't stop with Harvard, Oxford, and Stanford. You conspired with Peter Dazak, who you communicated with privately, and other members of the scientific community that wrote opinion pieces for Nature. Five of them signed a, a paper for Nature, an opinion piece. 17 signed a paper that called it conspiracy theory, the idea that the virus could have originated in the lab. Do you think words like conspiracy theory should be in a scientific paper? Senator, I never used that word when I was referring to it. You're distorting virtually everything. Did you communicate with the five scientists who wrote the opinion piece in Nature? Were they... 
were describing, oh, this, there's no way this could that have come from, was from not the lab. me. What did I you did, talk with any of those see, scientists but privately? You keep, the, you keep distorting you? the truth. It is, it is you stunning talk, how did you, you do talk that? to any of the scientists privately yes. who wrote the opinion? You did. Well, what were they telling you privately? Well, let me explain. You know, you're going back to that original discussion shaking. when I brought together a group of people to look at every possibility with an open mind. So you, not only are you distorting it, you are completely turning it around. As well, most you of the scientists do. that came... Does it sound as if he was trying to approach this with an open mind? Given that she requested that they take take down these three highly esteemed doctors and professors. Does that sound as if it's an open forum for debate? No. They had their own narrative and they were willing to run roughshod over anybody that opposed them. Anybody at all. Came to you privately? Did they come to you privately and say, no way this came from the lab? Or was their initial impression, Dr. Gary and Dr. others that were involved, was their initial impression actually that it looked very suspicious for a virus you know, that came from a lab? Senator, we are here at a committee. He is not going to answer this question because it is the question. Did, did he actually want the answer? Did he actually want to know the truth? of what was going on with this virus or did he already know it and that's exactly why he was steering the ship away from the truth i think you can guess what my belief is to look at a, a virus now that has killed almost nine hundred thousand people and the purpose of the committee was to try and get things out how we can help to get the american public and you keep coming back to personal attacks on me that have absolutely no relevance to reality. You think incredible that he's going to take this line of defense, that it's a personal attack. No, you are put in the position of both funding the research which created it and then remedying the problems that arose from the release of it. That's not personal other than the fact that you are personally guilty. But he's not taking character swipes as much as he's saying, we have evidence that you tried to character assassinate highly esteemed doctors and professors that disagreed with your assessment of things. Anybody has had more influence let, over let a response to this than you have? Do you Madam think it's a great Chair, success? I... Do you think it's a great success what's happened well, so far? And it's perfect, perfect counter by Rand there because Fauci is basically playing the sympathy card. How dare you question me when we've had 800,000 Americans die? That's what he's doing. He's playing a sympathy card. He's playing the, he's standing on dead bodies and saying, I've done so much. And Rand retorts correctly. Who's been in charge, bud? Who has been in charge that allowed those bodies to stack up if we're to believe the death numbers, which I don't? You think you, the lockdowns are good for our kids? Do you think we slowed down the death rate? More people have died now under President Biden than did under President Trump. You are the one responsible. You are the architect. You are the lead architect for the response from the government. Right. And now 800,000 people have died. Right. So you think it's a <laughs> uh, winning success what you've advocated for government? <laughs> yeah. Good shit, Brand. I, I'm telling you, any libertarian that that is going to continue to shit talk Rand because of his 2016 run or 2020 or whatever it was 
you got to let it go. In the most important time of our lives, the fight against lockdowns, the fight for the truth of what created this thing, where it came from, the response to it, all of the insanity that's ensued over the past two years, this man has risen up in a way that I think very few people could have and certainly would have, especially when you consider that Rand Paul has a partially partially destroyed lung because of the, the fight with his neighbor. He has He's also been shot at on that softball field by that Bernie Sanders supporter. Rand Paul has sacrificed tremendously. I'd say physically he has sacrificed more than even his father. Now, he may not be as pure and as perfect as Ron, but if you don't respect him after this day, I'm going to have beef with you. This is as important a political stand as has ever been made. And sure, maybe he has political aspirations for the presidency, and that's what he's doing this for. I don't give a fuck. This is as important as anything that's ever happened in my life politically. And in that moment, he rose to the occasion. Um, Senator, first of all, <clears throat> if you look at everything that I said, you accuse me of in a monolithic way telling people what they need to do. Everything that I've said has been in support of the CDC guidelines. Wear a mask, get boosted. And you've advocated to make it coercive take, and take done look at force, everything and you've advocated that I said. to be done by mandate. Right. You've yeah. advocated that your infallible opinion be dictated by law. Right. Bingo. So, again, Madam Chair, I would like just a couple of minutes because right. this, th this happens all the time. You personally attack me and with absolutely not a shred of evidence of anything you say. So I would like to make something clear to the committee. He's doing this for political reasons. <laughs> what you need to do is he said in front of this committee. You think your takedown of three I was, prominent I was, epidemiologists was not political? You, you don't want me to oh. finish this. You know what I'm going to say. Senator, that was the question. Senator, Were you political we in taking at down at these three point, prominent epidemiologists? Senator Paul, if you would please, um, I'm going to allow this. Uh, you got you to love the unbelievable hypocrisy of this smug fuck sitting on your screen right now saying that Rand is implementing a political hit piece for a political gain. Fauci. Fauci stands above it. Nothing he has done has been political. None of it. I mean, come on. Come the fuck on. Why do you take out dissident voices in the medical field if you're not acting politically? The entire concept of science is open debate, discussion, peer review, studies, double blinds. Like you're constantly trying to get away from initial assessments being what you run with. You are constantly revising, constantly reviewing your decisions. This man has done none of that. He has not been a scientist or a doctor. He has been a politician since day fucking one. And by day one, I mean the first day he started working for the government. This man is evil. Uh, the, Dr. Fauci, to respond, we have a number of senators yeah. who would like to ask questions, and I would like him to be able to respond. Please do so. So the last time we had a committee or the time before, he was accusing me of being responsible for the death of five, four to five million people, which is really irresponsible. And I say, why is he doing that? There are two reasons why that's really bad. The first is it distracts 
from what we're all trying to do here today is get our arms around the epidemic and the pandemic that we're dealing with, not something imaginary. Number two, what happens when he gets out and accuses me of things that are completely untrue is that all of a sudden that kindles the crazies out there and I have life that threats upon my life, harassments of my family and my children with obscene phone calls because people are lying about me. Now, you know, I guess you could say, well, that's the way. It Can you imagine? And, and I, the reason I pause it here is I wanted you to see Rand's face in this moment. Rand, who has been shot at and beat and threatened when he walked to his car with his wife by a mob. No one has suffered more in this country other than people who have been assassinated than Rand Paul. No one has suffered more. No one has risked more. No one has been endangered more. So for Fauci to take this line of defense, you can understand why Rand Paul is fucking furious right there. It goes, I can take the hit. Well, it, it, it makes a difference because as some of you may know, just about three or four weeks ago on December 21st, a person was arrested who was on their way from Sacramento to Washington, D.C. at a speed stop in Iowa. And they asked, the police asked him where he was going, and he was going to Washington, D.C. to kill Dr. Fauci. And they <laughs> this dude was driving across country to do it? <laughs> what an absolute maniac. I, I, and by the way, why haven't we heard this story until this very moment? I mean, and if he's going to bring it up, does that not incentivize people to go like, oh, I'm not alone in thinking this? Isn't that also adding fuel to this fire of, of people being, you know, vigilante crazies out there that he's alleging Rand Paul has fed into? I mean, it, none of it makes sense. But the fact that he's saying it to the one senator that has, has actually been, you know, physically endangered more than anybody else is, a, is a, astonishing. And Rand has only brought up factual things. Everything he's brought up, I haven't been able to find a single thing that's been untrue. Not a single thing. They found in his car an AR-15 and multiple magazines of ammunition because he thinks that maybe I'm killing people. So I ask myself, wh why would Senator want to do this? So go to... Uh, gotta love that. Because why would the Senator want to find out... Why would the Senator want to find out what happened? So he is completely pivoting from the assault on what he did what he actually did and he's saying no 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 none of that none of that matters i am the victim here the goal the goal of this man to try and make himself into a victim after what he's done to this country i'm not going to say anything else because i i don't want to get in trouble Rand paul website and you see Fire Dr. Fauci with a little box that says, contribute here. You can do $5, $10, $20, $100. So you are making a catastrophic epidemic for your political gain. 
So the you only have thing politically that, the only attacked thing your can, colleagues uh, and in a politically reprehensible the way attacked their reputation. Okay, you won't we, defend it. No, you won't well, argue it. I'm You'll just sorry, simply turn we're around the attack. Continue this hearing. We yeah. have a number of questions. Just another one, one more minute, Dr. Fauci. I really appreciate your response, but we do have a number of questions from senators, and we do have a. So it ends there. They don't allow him to talk anymore. And this is why I tweeted out tonight. I would love to see a three-hour Joe Rogan experience, Rand Paul versus Dr. Fauci. Let's let's also remind the audience out there that for him to, and he has done this repeatedly, where he has constantly uh, demeaned the credentials of Dr. Paul, Rand Paul, who's a, uh, I think he's an ophthalmologist, um, but he went to medical medical school. Uh, the fact that he's able to talk down to him in such a profound way, uh, given that he's gone to medical school, I mean, he's not a fucking dummy. You know, he may not know as, as as much about you know epidemiology as Fauci. I don't know. Uh, in my honest opinion, Fauci doesn't appear to know much about it either. So. I think these are both two guys who aren't exactly specialists in this field that are ha hashing it out and they're behaving in political ways. And his defense of himself was extraordinarily political. If you're a doctor, it should be very easy for you to defend yourself because you should be able to show this is what I did. This is what I did and why I did it and when I did it. He doesn't have any defense. I want you to really note that in that eight minutes, he had no defense for any of the accusations, many of which we have full documentation of. We have full email chains. We have the article that he helped get put out there to destroy the uh, the Great Barrington Declaration professors and doctors. We have evidence. Rand has evidence. Fauci has none. He has literally no defense for any of these accusations. Bring him up on charges put him in jail for the rest of his life. Bring him up on charges and put him in jail for the rest of his life. If you are a GOP politician and you intend to receive my vote or any libertarian's vote, that's that's your that's what you run on. There has to be repercussions that are paid for what they did. And Fauci, more than anybody else, because he overlaps from the Trump to the Biden presidency, I believe has to pay as high a price as anybody. And I think that that in a perfect world is at a minimum the rest of his life in prison. Thanks for tuning in, guys. I know that was a dark one and it's getting extremely early slash late at night, early in the morning. Sun's about to rise. I don't know if anybody watched this live because it's so late. But uh, I'll get this up on audio platforms tomorrow. And if you appreciated it, go to libertylockdown.locals.com. Become a supporting subscriber to my channel there. Every dollar I receive goes to growing the show to get this message to more people, which I think you can probably identify. I put a lot of effort into this stuff and there's value here. Uh, I think that this episode in particular would be a good one to share with some of your on the fence relatives, the people that aren't fully blue or red pilled, but somewhere in between with maybe they've gotten both jabs and then they got Omicron and they're starting to wake up, hit them with this. Um, let them know I'm not judging them. 
welcome. Welcome to the truth. Welcome to the resistance. May we rise up together. Big shout out to everybody that's been with me since Jump Street. Appreciate y'all. Welcome to Liberty Lockdown, please scan your barcode Your liberty ain't gone, but yeah, it's on hold Where did it come from and where did it go? It requires a fight, not tweet from your phone Don't need a king, get him off the fucking throne If you're riding with the thought, you've always got a home The virus is scared of, will come and it'll go The government knows, just don't get treated like a hoe Like Nico and Shane, you're probably wondering what's happening Scared Hollywood left these lyrical feppin' A typo with Luke might bring the nooses We all bite the bullet, I'm the king of the gooses Freckles and Brit, didn't know I could spit Knew I was a patriot, but now I'm the shit Peter Quinones, invite me on Which podcaster sends custom songs Part of the problem, now I stand with the people Dave showed the way, but I am unequal Lions of Liberty, now hear me roar Beat running up, but I got a bit more Robbie the Fire, always running his mouth But I made him a sandwich, now I'm man of the house The malice for Nick, but you're welcome to quit A win over BLM with the fire I spit Friends against government just call us fags Copy the Cairo, put mummies in the bag Liable opinions get thrown on the ground Silky smooth Tom was the only sound Getting so hot must be air July Screaming in the mic I rip a 59 Miles to ratio that black guns matter Now all these lefties got crazy small bladders None of us wanted war but we're ready You know I be bopping and rock steady Liberty lockdown please scan your barcode Your liberty ain't gone but yeah it's on hold Where did it come from and where did it go It requires a fight not tweeting from your phone Don't need a king get him off the fucking throne If you're riding with the thought you've always got a home The virus is scared of will come and it'll go The government knows just don't get treated like a hoe